Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Montana's only daily sports talk show, Nuanez Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! Well, hello. What's up, everybody? Happy Monday. Welcome in. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Hope you're having a great start to your week. My time is just flying by. I can't believe how grueling these night games are. I cannot believe how much it just erases days out of your life. But here we are, and uh, we got plenty to talk about. Montana State, yet another convincing victory on Saturday night over Sacramento State. Bobcats win 42-30, to 30, and uh, even though it was a 12-point margin, Montana State sees the momentum, and, and then they just completely leaned on Sac State, and then they just completely ground them to dust. And that's what the Bobcats are prone to do. That's what they've mastered as their formula. And it's just wild to me how they can play average, dare I say below average at times, and especially compared to what their ceiling and upside might be, and yet, they can just have another ho-hum 42-point performance where they roll through the number three team in the country on the road. 12 straight wins in Big Sky Conference play for Montana State. So they are a season and a half into their conference winning streak. And they are, after this last weekend, in sole possession of first place in the Big Sky Conference. So we'll give you an update on what's going on in the standings with a month left to play here in the season. The Grizz, of course, on a bye last week. They have Northern Colorado coming to town this week. So it should be um, yet another opportunity for Montana to carry the momentum. And then it gets really fun and really interesting once again. Of course, we got the Cats in Moscow this weekend. Then Sac State comes to Missoula the following weekend. They got Eastern in Bozeman and the Cats, or excuse me, and the Grizz out in Portland. And then you got the rivalry showdown. So plenty of big games 
coming up. We'll go through all of it here throughout the show. We have the Montana Football Hour uh, recapping all of the football action, high school, college, and otherwise from across the state of Montana to get things started off here. We'll also hear from Brent Vegan, Julius Davis, Ryland Ort, and John Johnson from the Montana State side of things. We'll also hear from Bobby Houck, Alex Gubner, and A.J. Forbes from the Grizz side of things. That'll all be in hour number one. Then hour number two, the man, Marty Mordaway, back in studio with us, the Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty. Uh, Coach Marty's been uh, on the other side of the country. A couple weeks off for the man when it comes to uh, his his TV broadcasting gig. He, uh, of course, wasn't on the call two weeks ago in Moscow because that was an ESPN2 game. And... Uh, then last week, the Grizz had a bye, so he went out to New York to watch his older son coach there at Columbia, and uh, he's back now in town, and he'll be riding shotgun with us for hour number two. <laughs> what, what a weird day of NFL yesterday. I mean, this omnipresent narrative that most of the quarterbacks aren't playing very well is continuing to be true. I keep saying that we need to change the narrative. The pendulum's swinging. It is. It is a defensive league right now. I don't care what anybody says. The unders are hitting at a 70% rate seven weeks into the year right now in the NFL. Um, yesterday, we had the whole morning slate was backup quarterbacks versus backup quarterbacks. Like, And ironically, P.J. Walker versus Gardner Minshew actually had a total of point number in the high 70s. So what do I know? Maybe it's only defensive when the elite guys are in the lineup. But it's just crazy to me, besides maybe a handful of guys, I don't even know if there's a full handful, a half of a handful of guys, everybody, and I mean everybody, has been up and down because of their quarterback play, and so much of it's been because of the rise of elite defenses and elite pass rushes. So we'll talk all about that dynamic with Coach Marty in our number two with the Monday afternoon quarterback. That's your show outlook here on Nuanas. Now you want to get a hold of us, you always can, 406 888 1029. That's triple eight one zero two nine. All guests will join us via the Rangish Brothers RV phone line. Also, if you want to stream the show, you always can. 1029 ESPN.com. Click on listen live and you will find the stream. And of course, you can always use the ESPN MT app as well. Uh, you can download that on all of your various mobile devices. Best of the weekend. Well, man. Uh, first of all, I went to Sacramento. I didn't expect uh, one of our other Skyline writers, Tom Stuber, to be there. He didn't make the decision to come down until Thursday. And then he just left and drove all the way through. So then he was there even before me. So he picked me up at the airport late Friday night. I guess it was probably early uh, Saturday morning because I didn't get I didn't land until midnight or after midnight there in Sacramento. So uh, we went to a little uh, hole in the wall and had a beer. And then I went home. And then the next day, I wanted to go to the Tower Cafe for breakfast, so we did that. That's a it's an iconic breakfast spot there in Sacramento. You've probably seen the pictures. It's got the the big water fountain and the tower in the middle of it. It's connected to Tower Films. There's also a Tower Records on the the back end. So a cool, funky, awesome spot. I had a delicious breakfast, and then I was going to go play some golf. I had a tea time, but I was just paired with a whole bunch of strangers. And Tom was like, well, let's just hang out. Let's just go uh, tour around SAC. And I was like, okay, that sounds good. So we did that. We went all over the place. We saw a variety of different things there in Sacramento. Then we uh, went all around Sacramento State's campus. And then we're like, okay, well, let's go watch some college football. So we did that. We sat at this place for about three hours uh, drinking iced tea. It's uh, it's hard to just sit there and just 
hang out when you're, you know, we're, we got to work at 8.30 at night. So, you know, n- not the normal day game beer drinking extravaganza that maybe a lot of people partake in. And all I'm getting at is uh, I know that a lot of people love these night games because it's fun to party before and after. It's fun to watch football under the lights. It's fun to see your favorite teams on national television. I just think these things are are quite a, a calamity when it comes to the scheduling part of all of this. I know that we're, this is this is coming from the part of a very few of us that are working behind the scenes covering these games, but I just don't like them. I, I just I don't like them. I think it affects the quality of football. I do. I really do. I think that it's hard, especially like Sacramento State, for example. They play all their home games at night. They only have one afternoon home game this year amongst their six home games, so they're pretty much used to playing at night. They also practice in the late afternoon. I know the Grizz do too. The Cats practice in the mornings. I just think from a student-athlete perspective, a performance-on-the-field perspective, and just a a rhythm-of-your-life perspective, the football games should be played in the afternoons. The games should be kicked between noon and at the latest 3 p.m. I know I sound like a get-off-my-lawn old guy, but I really think it affects the quality of play. I think there's a reason why you see these games start super slow, especially for the teams that are used to playing in the afternoon. Like, if you're the home team in one of these night games... I can see being able to mitigate it because you can just tell your guys, hey, you know, take the morning off, relax, put your feet up, watch some football, make yourself some breakfast, whatever you want to tell them. You know, we'll have a walkthrough at this time, get to the facility at this time. Like the Cats, what the heck do they do all day? They had a walkthrough at 9.30 in the morning. That That's a full 10 hours before the game kicks off. So then you have them just sitting around. I don't know, man. I understand why they do it. I just don't like that the things that they do this for have such a huge and high priority on the list of schedule-making and decision-making when it comes to college football. I I understand you make more money by being on TV later. I get it. I just hate that that's a factor that goes into what's supposed to be amateur and college athletics. I also would just love to know the statistics on this. There's this narrative that's spun that these games being on ESPN2 are just such this massive opportunity for schools because they're going to get seen by so many more people. I want a numbers comparison. Last week, for example, when Montana played at Idaho, that game in Moscow drew 241,000 viewers. It's a good number, for sure. It was the most viewed game on ESPN2 that ga- that day. That's also a veiled statistic because, you know, sure, it's nice to say they're the most viewed game on ESPN2 that day, but this is where we're at with college football. During the day, people were watching the SEC and the Big Ten and, and then maybe the Pac-12 into the evening. The group of five has less people that care about it than the Big Sky at this point, at least in certain factions. I know that there's still certainly an audience for the Mountain West or for you know Tuesday night Maction or whatever. And I, I think it would be more well served for the group of five to play on those like w- weird nights like Tuesday night. My thing is, though, the Cats and the Grizz are always on TV. And hundreds of thousands of people from the state of Montana watch the Cats and the Grizz on TV, period. Doesn't matter if it's on SWX, MTN, KPAX, whatever it's on. Hundreds of thousands of people from Montana watch the Cats and the Grizz when they're on TV, no matter what channel it's on. So how many extra viewers are you actually getting? That's why I want to know the numbers. Let's say between two between 200 and 240,000 people Watched the game Saturday night. We know 241,000 watched it two Saturdays ago. I bet you Montana, Idaho on scripts 
is getting watched by just as many people because the people from Montana are the majority of the people watching the game. They're making up almost the entire audience. How many people are you getting that are just scrolling the channels watching TV that are stopping on Sac State and Idaho? A couple thousand, maybe? Are you getting any? That's the thing is like the the days of old where what's on is what's on and that's where you're going to find it and that's what you're going to watch. That ain't it anymore. Everything is on. All the games are on. Everybody's games across the country are on TV or on a stream. Everybody's. So are you actually getting more just random fans that are perusing and channel flipping? I don't think so, man. The the modern media consumer, they watch what they want to watch. They don't just flip a channel until you find something. This is, I'm the biggest sports junkie you know. I don't just flip the channel until I find an alluring game. I go watch the game I want to watch. Or I go rewatch a game that's already happened involving teams I already know. That's everybody, though. So why are we doing this? I guess, are you really, truly growing the Big Sky Conference footprint and the fandom of these schools? I really don't know. I think it's cool for the fans that are going to watch the games no matter where they're on TV. I think that's cool for them to see their schools on ESPN. I think it's cool to be on national TV. How many more people are actually watching these games on Saturday nights when it doesn't kick until 8.30 Mountain Standard Time? I, I really don't know. I, I'll tell you this. Half the country isn't watching it at all because they're already asleep. So there you go. There's half of it out the window. How many people on the West Coast are choosing to watch that over Washington's game or any of the other Pac-12 games that are on? I, I, I'm just not sure. I'm just, I'm just sort of stuck on this. And it is all to just say that I'm just throwing a fit because I don't like night games. We didn't get out of there until 1230 on Saturday, and I still had to do all the work. So then we, you know, I got a 530 flight. So I got to be there at least by 4 o'clock in the morning. So I just got dropped off at the airport, sleeping on the floor for an hour and then getting the work done. It's just brutal. I, it just, it shortens the weeks. Like the cats have a short week now. Cause even though they leave right after the game, they still charter. They're still not home till three in the morning. It still delays your whole Sunday. I don't know. That's my rant for the day, but I just, I, I, I just don't know. What, what do you guys think? Is, is there, are we actually getting uh, more, Let's let's just use a broad let's just use a baseline number here. Let's say 250,000 people watch the game on Saturday night on ESPN2. How many of those people are new people that wouldn't have watched the game otherwise? I think kind of a I think a fair percentage you culture. Think, really? I, well, I just think that, you know, Saturday night if you're a college football junkie, you've been watching the games all day. I kind of think you are just scrolling around for a game to watch. You want to know, or, you wanna know what it is? you're sitting at a sports bar, yes. right? Okay, so here's the two things that I do see the benefits on. One, the people that are sitting at a sports bar, they just want to watch any game because they, they, they've been there all day. They don't they, want the day to be over. They don't want the day to be over. They just want to watch any game. They want to have more beers. Okay, I, I agree with that one. And two, you want to know who is watching these big time? Gamblers. Gamblers. That's right. That's right. And that's where I have such a, a crux here because if that's what it's going to be all about, let's just make it all about that. But it's just so weird to make it all about that when it's supposed to be college sports. Like in, in the NFL, they could totally just do that and just make it all about it and fan duel and, 
you know, all these others, DraftKings, they're all sponsoring it. You can't do that in college sports. Yeah, I don't know, Coulter. When did college sports jump the shark on that? Back in the 1920s? I mean, how long <laughs> has it all been about the money? Right, how long totally. have people been giving players the bag to come play for their university, right? Like, I think it's it's a little bit naive to pretend that it's not about that. It's true. I know. I'm just tired. <laughs> it's the back-to-backs that really kick your butt, man, I tell you. And uh, I will say, with great pride, I was the one. I was the one guy from the Montana media that did the back-to-back night games. So here we are. I just had to. I just had to be the old guy, just for a minute. So is now ESPN Radio, at the Montana Football Hour, proudly presented by Dazzler's Car Wash of Missoula. Treat your car like it deserves to be treated all uh, winter long. Dazzler's Car Wash, located here right next to us on Radio Way, right off of North Reserve. Uh, before we get into more of the football stuff, uh, I have each of you give me a couple uh, quick thoughts here. First of all, the Grizz soccer team won again, so this is, a, is that ten matches in a row now. They're unbeaten, and they are the outright Big Sky champs. And this is sort of historic, right, Andrew? I mean, not only a regular season Big Sky championship, but th- this is one of the great records in the history of the league, right? Yeah, it's been super impressive. You know, ever about every five years or so, we'll see a team go through the Big Sky Conference schedule sure. undefeated. Uh, but what really separated Montana this season is they were they only lost two games in the non-conference. I mean, they were playing Power 5 teams. They were playing a bunch of other D1 teams. They only lose twice in the non-conference. So, yeah, 13 wins, two losses, three draws on the season. Best winning percentage uh, in program history. Wow. Yeah, we talked to um, Delaney Lure-Shore and uh, Ava Samuelson earlier today. So I have a video on SkylineSportsMT.com coming up for that. Usually... After Bobby Houck's press conference, I got to race back here. But I figured since this was such a historic run, I would stay and uh, talk to the Grizz soccer folks for a little while. So that video uh, coming up, both those young ladies are very well spoken. And uh, you'll very much enjoy hearing their thoughts. So stay tuned for that, SkylineSportsMT.com. And Safford, Jeff Safford was on the call this weekend for Grizz hockey as well. Uh, Give us an update there. Boise State in town on Friday and Saturday. What went down? Well, Friday was a really fun game. It was the first overtime game of the season, and I believe in the two years I've been calling Grizz Hockey, the first OT game I've seen, which was a lot of fun. The five-minute three-on-three set, real exciting, almost a packed house there at the Glacier Ice Rink. Went down to a shootout. The Grizz won the shootout 2-1, to one, so they got a win in night one. Night two, a lot of times you see this, teams will... Especially, I feel like, when teams are playing on the road, they want to give themselves a nice bus trip, so to speak, back to, in this case, Boise. And you really just saw a completely different Bronco team on Saturday night, especially in that third period. They scored four goals in the third period alone and just ran away with it. Ended up being a 6-2 to two win for the Broncos, so a split in that two-game set over the weekend. Well, certainly, uh, as advertised, when it comes to the Grizz hockey schedule being much more challenging this year, that's absolutely true. They also front-loaded it with a lot of the teams that gave them the best tests a year ago. So it'll be interesting to follow and see if this Grizz team can continue to rise its level of play despite having a lot harder opponents uh, on the docket, at least to this point uh, this year. More Grizz hockey a little later on in the week. Let's take a look at what's going on now in the world of high school football. Don't look now. We are into the uh, playoffs. So here's a look quickly at the weekend that was and how it influenced 
the way the brackets will play out. In the AA, uh, the Kalispell Glacier, they beat Missoula Sentinel 27-17. That secured the number one seed for the Wolfpack and dropped Sentinel all the way to number five. Helena Capital beat Butte 27-21 in overtime. So Capital, the defending state champs, they basically backdoor their way to the two seed, but they're one of the hottest teams in the state. I know nobody wants to play the Bruins, so they're the two seed coming out of the West. So Glacier and Capital get buys. Helena High outlasted Missoula Big Sky 16-10 on Friday night. That helped the Bengals earn the three seed out of the West, and uh, the Eagles get the six. Butte, their second straight loss, this one to Helena Capital, that drops them from the one seed all the way to the four seed. And then Sentinel, uh, they get the number five seed. Out east, Bozeman High, they're undefeated uh, so far, 9-0, and last undefeated team in AA. They're the one seed out of the east. They get a bye. Bozeman Gallatin, their lone loss this season, came to Bozeman in week five. So the Raptors are the two seed. They also get a bye. So here's how the first round of the AA playoffs will work out. Missoula Sentinel will play at Great Falls High Friday. Helena High hosts Billing Skyview. Butte hosts Billing Senior. And Big Sky plays at Billings West. The winner of Sentinel uh, Great Glacier, excuse me, the winner of, of Sentinel Great Falls will play Glacier. The winner of Helena Skyview will play Gallatin. The winner of Butte and Senior will play Bozeman. And the winner of Big Sky West will play at Capital. In Class A, Dillon is undefeated, so they take the top seed into the Class A playoffs. Billing Central also undefeated, so they're the second seed. The other two teams that earn seeds include, how about the Corvallis Blue Devils? One of the best seasons ever, and certainly their best season since 1975. Uh, they get a, a seed, as does defending state champion Lewistown. Golden Eagles lost to Billing Senior, or Central, excuse me, but then rallied back, won a couple straight, so they get the second seed out of the Eastern A. Uh, so that's your four teams with buys. Dillon, Billing Central, Corvallis, and Lewistown. First round matchups in Class A include Columbia Falls taking off on Whitefish, a little cross-Flathead Valley battle. The winner of that game advances to play Billing Central. Laurel and Glendive, take, uh, they, they square off, and the winner of that game gets Corvallis. Haver takes on Lockwood, and the winner of that game advances to play Dillon. And then Hamilton, in the unfamiliar position of playing in the first round, uh, the, uh, the Bronx, they play Big Fork. Big Fork into the Class A playoffs in their first game in Class A, so that's pretty interesting. The winner of that game, Hamilton Big Fork, they will take on Lewistown. That's Fergus County for those keeping track. Class B, there's no buys in Class B. It's just a 16-team bracket, so here's your first-round matchups. Jefferson County, that's Boulder. They play at Glasgow. Huntley Project is at Eureka. Conrad is at Manhattan. Missoula Loyola has to go to Shepherd. Baker is at Florence Carlton. How about that? You ever seen a map? <laughs> this is 600 miles apart between Florence and Baker. That's about as far as you're going to have to go, period, in the playoffs, let alone definitely the farthest you're going to have to go in the first round of the playoffs. So that, uh, that should be quite a trek for the Spartans. Cutbank plays Columbus. Uh, that one's in Columbus. Thompson Falls plays at Red Lodge. That's not 600 miles. That's about 450 miles. So that's another uh, pretty long trip. And then fr- Three Forks plays at Malta. So it uh, should be inter- interesting to see. But, of course, Florence Carlton 
undefeated and uh, the number one team in the rankings, but a lot of times that's not how it necessarily works out in Class B. It's seeded kind of by region and who's the one, two, three, four in uh, the various four quadrants of Class B. So more on the high school football playoffs a little later on uh, as well. Here's your Big Sky scoreboard from the weekend. How about Idaho State, man? I thought Idaho State was going over. I thought, I thought Idaho State had one chance to win a game this year, and that was against Northern Colorado to open conference play. Well, Idaho State is tied with uh, Montana and Idaho currently for second place in the Big Sky Conference. Idaho State is 3-1 and one in Big Sky Conference play after their 38-24 win over Portland State. I've been high on Portland State. Portland State no-showed in this game. They were down 14-0 in the first six minutes. They did not look good. They were behind the eight ball. They did rally back, and they kind of had the momentum for a little while, and then Idaho State lays the hammer down, and uh, Cody Hawkins' crew uh, gets their third Big Sky Conference win. Don't look now, but Idaho State-Sac State, it's all of a sudden an intriguing game. Who thought who thought Idaho State would have a better record than Sac State at the midpoint of the Big Sky Conference season? Answer, nobody. Cal Poly beat Northern Colorado. So Cal Poly inexplicably has three wins, even though I think that they're the worst team in the league. Northern Colorado, though, they got zero wins. So by every uh, measurable metric, they are the worst team in the league, even though they've been, you know, close in games or whatever. It doesn't matter. I mean, if you're winning games, if you're losing games by a single score, you're still losing games. So the Bears looking for their first win of the season as they make their way to Missoula this weekend. And then the game I was at, the game that most of the eyes around the Big Sky Conference were on, little Big Sky after dark, Montana State, 42, Sac State, 30. It's the Montana Football Hour. It's probably presented by Dazzler's Car Wash of Missoula. Uh, just unbelievable to watch the Cats. They can look clunky at times. Uh, they can look like they're lacking flow. When they have both their quarterbacks available, I think both Tommy Mallott and Sean Chambers struggle to find a rhythm. And then one will make a play. And you're like, well, why don't they just go with that guy? And then the other one will make a play. You're like, well, why don't they just go with that guy? And sometimes they just don't have a lot of fluidity with running these two quarterback systems. They're also getting the kitchen sink thrown at them in terms of the defensive fronts that other teams are running. If you watch the game, Sac State was lining up like a full yard off the ball because Montana State, they run this outside zone blocking scheme where they're just trying to get to the next level. They're leading the backside of the line unblocked a lot of times because they're trying to get to space over here, and they want their guys that are on the move, whether they're zone blocking or pulling or whatever, to get out in front. So Sack was playing off the line, crowding the box with linebackers and a lot of voodoo-type blitzes, smoke screens is what they call them. They're really trying to deceive Montana State's offensive front. Well, it, it, it stifled, stifled, uh, stifled, how do I say stifled? It stifled the uh, MSU run game just for a moment. But then once they make the adjustments, that's the part that's so crazy is this team never panics. They never do this emotional roller coaster. I mean, one of the defining factors of college football is the volatility within the game. It's about making plays and making mistakes. Riding the emotion when you're riding high, enduring the adversity when it's going all over the place. The Cats don't even get on the roller coaster. They don't even ride the ride. I was on the sidelines for the duration of this game Totally different than you'd expect. It's not fire and brimstone, let's go get them, we're going to mess them up, yada, 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 let's go, boys. It's not like that at all, especially with the offensive line. The offensive line's just sitting over there, as jolly as can be, talking it out, here's how we're going to do it, here's how we're going to block it up. Oh, you seeing this? I'm seeing this? Great. It's so intellectual, and it's also so steady, and that's why they never panic. And then all of a sudden, they're in this game where it's back and forth, back and forth, 
Then they get to the fourth quarter, and they just run for 190 yards right down your throat, score three rushing touchdowns, and just boom, just like that, it goes from 28-24 to 42-24, and you're cruising uh, to yet another top-five victory. Here's Brett Vegan on his team's win in Sacramento on Saturday night. I watch college football all day. There's so much volatility in it. You guys seem to be so steady. How are you guys able to do that? I think all three of our our, our units, our offense and defense, capable on any night to do the job. You know, we don't lean heavily on one unit or the other. Um, by no means were we perfect tonight in any one phase. But uh, you know, I like the the nature of this team. We're a pretty complete team. You know. Um, and I think that showed tonight. And, and to, to win the type of games as this season continues to go on, we need to have those complete efforts. Um, you know, I, I, like I said before, I think our we got a really forward-thinking bunch of guys. You know, they can uh, they can put a, play, a bad play behind them, and they can put a good play behind them and go on to the next play. So, um, yeah, it was, it was a- certainly evident, no doubt about it. Uh, we'll do three big things about the Cats and three big things about the Grizz. But the Grizz were off this last week. They took a bunch of momentum. Into their bye week after their 24, or excuse me, 23 21 win at Idaho last week. Here's Bobby Houck on his team and what they got out of the bye, plus a, an early thought on Northern Colorado. The win at Idaho was a, was a good win. They all, they're all good wins. So um, coming off our open date, uh, we're in good position. We're 6 1. We're ranked number five in the national poll. So we're, we're in good position where we sit right now. And, and uh, obviously that makes it a, a big week around here. We haven't had a home game in, since September, so we'll be excited to be back out there and play this Saturday. Bobby, I know Northern Colorado hasn't won a game, but they've played all their conference opponents really close, so how have they gone about being competitive in those four games? Well, winning is hard. I mean, everybody's trying, and, uh, you know, like you mentioned, they're far better than their record. Um, they play really hard. They... they uh, you know, they do things right. They just have uh, not quite gotten over the hump. And, you know, we don't look at the scores. We look at the film. And when you watch the film, uh, this is a good football team. Bobby Houck on uh, Northern Colorado. Plus a few thoughts on his team's bye this last week. Three big things about the Cats. Three big things about the Grizz. Next, keep it right here ESPN Radio. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm. When it comes to criminal defense, what's an example of why someone could or should call Schulte Law? Criminal defense happens on somebody's worst day, you know, and it doesn't mean that someone's a bad person. We all make mistakes. We all make choices that maybe aren't the best choice. And that can lead to dramatic consequences in somebody's life. So we're really focusing on personal injury and criminal defense. We do a lot of different areas of the law, though. We have a strong background in real estate. Um, We handle family law for clients, ton of mediations. The ultimate reality is, is that people have bad days. And that's when you need our help. That's when you need to call Schulte Law Firm because we know the players, we know the game. We can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want. If you've had a bad day, visit jschultilaw.com. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. Welcome back. Nuwana's Now ESPN Radio. 
SWX Montana Television and the ESPN MT app. Appreciate you for being here. To start your week off with us, I'm Coulter Duanas. We're coming to you through the ESPN MT studio here at the Missoula Broadcasting Company. So Montana Football Hour, probably presented by Dazzler's Car Wash. Once it starts snowing, which I hate to tell you, but it's going to happen. I think that they're saying maybe even later on this week. Once the snow starts sticking, though, and it's icy and cold out, they use all that de-icer on the road. That's so bad for the undercarriage of your car. It's going to rust it out. It's going to really screw up your paint job. It's going to devalue your car. So you want to wash your car in the winter, I promise. I know it seems like a futile task because it's just going to get muddy the next day. But getting all that stuff off the bottom of your car is good for the value of your car, I promise you. So treat your car like it deserves to be treated all winter long at Dazzler's Car Wash of Missoula. Three big things about the Cats after their 42-30 to win at Sac State, plus three big things about the Grizz as they come off a bye, which followed their 23-21 win at number 3 Idaho. So the Montana schools each beat the number 3 team in the country in back-to-back weeks. The Grizz, Grizz did that into a bye. The Cats did that. Now they get a, a shot at Idaho. So the the round robin of some of the Big Sky powers continues this week. Uh, first thing about the Cats. Seizing opportunity is the absolute key for this team because if and when they get momentum in the scope of a game, they're not going to give it back. This is among the steadiest and most consistent teams that I've ever been around. That's been the case since Brent Vegan took over. They really have had just one game where the emotions of the moment really got to them, and that was the last time they've been in Missoula, the only time they've played against Montana in Missoula with Brent Vegan as the head coach. Other than that, steady as they come for the Cats, and when they get that turnover, when they get that moment where they it swings the momentum, they just absolutely take it to you, and they can grind you to dust. I thought that the two big-time momentum plays came, one, uh, really early in the second quarter, when John Johnson jumps a, a, a hitch route, snares the pick, and returns it for a touchdown. That that, that put Montana State up 14-7. to And then uh, later on, the Cats had a controversial fumble where uh, it looked like the, the ball carrier was down. It looked like Marky Johnson was down by contact. They didn't review it. The refs told Brett Vegan that it was clear and that he should and could not challenge the play, so he didn't. But then the the Cats came up with a a forced turnover shortly after. Miles Jackson, who was sliding in at nickelback, that's down to their third nickel now for MSU with Caden Dowler on the bench with a knee injury and Lavelle Price out this last week. Miles Jackson, who's usually playing corner, he slides over to nickel, and uh, he he makes a a great tip that then lands in the breadbasket of Ryland Orr. I thought those two turnovers were the keys to Montana State re-seizing momentum. And when the Cats got the momentum, they're not giving it back to you. Here's John Johnson on what he saw on his pick six and how big it was within the scope of the game. I've seen like they seen us bailing a lot, so it was kind of like easy to bait it. I don't know, it just happened. I was just I wasn't shocked, but I know I was gonna make a play and it was gonna be like impactful. So to make the team like get all the energy back on our sideline. So first in your career? Pick six? Career? Yes sir. So yeah, I mean just how gratifying and what is it, that feeling? It's great actually. It's a great feeling because I know I'm gonna expect more and like I know the team is gonna expect more out of me so good. At that point in the game too, after they had scored and you know they got the ball back, I mean how important do you think that was in the first game? It was very important, very important because they had most of the energy and we were kind of down. But after that, it was after that, it was just up from there. 
Here's Rylan Ort. He's a Missoula Sentinel product, and he's playing at an all-conference level right now at strong safety for the Bobcats. He had that pick, but he's also just such a key to a whole bunch of different things on Montana State's defense. He, he's, he's calling the defense quite often. He's helping them get all lined up, and he's just sort of the steadying uh, leader there uh, on the back end. I mean, the Bobcats, it's amazing the adversity that they can face within the scope of a game and have it not really affect them. I mean, Lavelle Price was a late scratch. Miles Jackson steps up after not really playing nickel all year, and he, he has one of his best games, and he's one of the players of the game defensively. Danny Eulalikepa, the starting inside linebacker for the Cats, he goes down with what looks like a dislocated elbow three plays into the game. He does not return. Cats don't miss a beat. It's just amazing to watch their depth combined with how prepared the next man up is. And that's not even to mention the offensive stuff, which we'll get into uh, in just a minute. Here's Rylan Ord on the win. This is beating this team that you guys haven't faced in a while, uh, number three in the nation. Just how, how gratifying this Yeah, it's a really big win. We were talking about it. It's a program win. You know, it's the two. I think we each program's only have one loss coming into this game in the last two years in the Big Sky. So, and we hadn't played each other. It was, it was a it was a tie for conference in 2022 and 2021. And it was a came down to the wire as well. Um, yeah, it's just a big win for this program, for the university. Kind of, you know, it that, that we're, we're a really good football team and we keep getting better, obviously. Was there a moment you felt like you guys seized the momentum for good? Because it was kind of back and forth a lot. Yeah, it is back and forth. You know, I think... I think, uh, you know, good football teams, the offense has got to pick up the defense, the defense has got to pick up the offense, you know, special teams plays a factor in there too. So, yeah, at some point some point in the third quarter, it was, uh, I felt when, when we got to hold them on the goal line down there and force them to a field goal, that, that was really big for us to let our offense get back out on the field, go have a long drive on them, run the ball, and, and uh, get a score after that. That was, that was a really big momentum change. So anybody think about the Cats is just the, the, their ability to respond. We mentioned Miles M- Jackson stepping in at the nickel spot. Of course, Makeda Riley stepping in as an inside linebacker. Offensively, I mean, one of Montana State's most important and talented players is senior tight end slash fullback Derek Snell. They, they play him in this H role where he, he's just flexing in and out. Sometimes he's got his hand in the dirt. Sometimes he's bumped out wide. Sometimes he's an inline tight end. Ryan Lonergan stepped into that role, and I thought played really well. I thought he was... Uh, sort of swimming at first. He definitely got knocked on his backside a couple times initially when he was coming out of that fullback stance, but then he really got it rolling, and that was a key to Montana State rushing for 211 of their 328 yards after halftime. Ryan Lort talked about that depth, talked about Miles Jackson as well as some of the other guys stepping up right after the game. Well, Miles made a really good play. That that should have been Miles' pick. If there was half a picks, you should give, one, give a half to Miles for that. But, uh, yeah, Miles made a great play. They had been hitting us with that you know, a lot in the first half, and the ball just tipped up, and one of those things, good things happen when you're under the ball. What do you say about him stepping in on, you know, for, like, third-string nickel moving into the corner and the game he put in today? Yeah, I'm super proud of Miles. I mean, that just shows the, the, the type of guy he is, his work ethic during the week, you know, trying to get prepared, not playing a ton of nickel, having a little bit of nickel experience, but not a ton. It just shows how uh, – you know how good of a football player he really is to step in and come execute a game plan and, and adjust during the game and and everything's not going to be perfect you know I've had to step in and play nickel before and it's not an easy thing but Miles did a very good job certainly uh, impressive when guys are thrown in especially late I mean I, I believe that Lavelle Price practiced early last week and Derek Snow practiced all week long so 
Um, getting the late call, uh, certainly a, a challenge. And Montana State, no matter who it's been, has certainly risen to the challenge all season long. My third big thing about the Cats, we talked about seizing the momentum and getting the upper hand. Well, once they do, good luck. I mean, it's just amazing how dedicated they are to the way that they want to operate. And Brett Vegan said it since he first took over, and sometimes it seems like it might just be lip service or that it seems just elementary and very uh, basic. But like he says, if we outrush you, especially if we go for over 300 yards and we win the turnover battle, you will not beat us. And that has been a tried-and-true formula for MSU so far since Coach Vegan took over. And now after Saturday, uh, Saturday's victory, Vegan has now beaten every team in the Big Sky Conference, and he's undefeated against all the teams in the Big Sky Conference except the rival. That's Montana. The Cats now uh, twenty-three and one under, uh, I, I guess, uh, excuse me, nineteen and one under Brett Vegan so far. They went to eight and zero last year, four and zero this year, seven and one the the uh, year before. So nineteen and one, nineteen out of twenty in Big Sky play under Brett Vegan. Julius Davis was certainly one of the stars of the game. He rushed for over 110 yards. The Wisconsin transfer did. He had a sweet hurdle that was definitely one of the highlights of the evening in Montana State's 42-30 to win over Sac State. Here's Julius Davis on the run game. We got depth everywhere. Um, you can see it with the, uh, the quarterbacks, see it with the running backs. You know, we're down two guys right now. I love you guys, by the way. Um, we're down two guys with Elijah and Lane, but they're going to be back, but... The whole line, yeah, I'm speechless. Like, they, they do the job. They wear on the D-line. They, they make them run all across the field. Tommy makes them run all across the field. And then not only in the run game, talk about the pass game, we got our weapons back. Now you got to worry about everybody else. So it's, it's amazing. I'm truthfully honored to be here and to be a part of this team. Coach Johnson talked this week about wearing out the other team. Do you feel like you guys did that by the end of the game? I think it took a while. Um... They still had energy, as you can see, all the way up until pretty much until they had they gave the ball back to us um, on the fourth down. But you can see they had that that little bit of life in them still that they wanted to keep going and win this game. Um, but like like you said, we run the ball. You just keep pounding and pounding and pounding. And the way we're built, we're Bobcat built. The way we're built, we just endure that and, and keep going and keep going and keep going. So, you think that's key to why you guys are able to not let? certain plays are falling down in a game like this and just be able to respond and end up building an 18-point lead? I think it all comes in preparation. Everything we've done in the summer, everything we did in the spring and winter, all of that comes into factor now. Nobody had to run pizza, and I can tell you firsthand, pizza is crazy. <laughs> so, listen, we, the coaches do a, a hell of a job putting us in situations where it's going to be uncomfortable and making us feel comfortable in uncomfortable situations. Um, so I think all the preparation that, that we put in all the work that we put in, all the coaches, all the work they put in, that all led up to Right when they start the tractor, it's always just on cue on these road games where we're just standing out in the locker room trying to get some good sound. <laughs> I digress. Uh, Brent Vegan on the run game. Uh, that's our third big thing about the Cats. When they do seize the momentum, they're just going to pound you into dust. Here's Vegan on the uh, Montana State run game. 328 yards. How's that sound? About on par at Montana State. 
started on the 10-yard line. You took it all the way down. That had to be feel good for your offense to get that score. Yeah, they did a good job um, making the, the kick return game complicated with, with those squibs, and those are tough to handle. Um, but I, I think the way we were moving the ball offensively um, in that second half, you know, regardless of the field, field position, our guys were going to do what they needed to do. And, then, yeah, that drive in particular, um, yeah, I think, turned the tide back in the direction. Were they lining up? off the line of scrimmage quite a bit defensively? And if so, why did you think they were doing that? Well, perhaps. I know they were throwing a lot of different things at us. Um, you know, it, it, I think that that's where sometimes things take a while. You know, I think our guys, you know, if, if, an, if an offensive line can get in a rhythm, I think ultimately that happened. Was, you know, um, they weren't just traditional and lining up and putting four guys' hands on the ground and playing defense. And, and you know, uh, you're throwing up things against the wall. You hope things stick. And then ultimately, though, our, our I think our physical nature um, won out. A couple really big runs. Uh, Tommy, Sean, uh, certainly Julius is, um, you know, the, the, the hurdle run there. That was something else so at a time when we really needed to, you know, answer their 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 score. Um, so, you know, it was uh, that was an interesting game to say the least. Coach Johnson said he, he wanted his unit to wear the other team out. It seemed like by the end they did that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I know they they gave us a short field um, that last uh, that last stretch, but uh, you know those last couple times we had the ball, and even the last the very last time just getting that first down. I, you know, we won the we won the battle up front. Um, you know, we limited their running game. I know their bigger plays were um, here and there, run in pass, but uh, you know I think we definitely won the battle up front. Here on the Montana Football Hour, it's probably presented by Dazzler's Car Wash of Missoula. Treat your car like it deserves to be treated at Dazzler's. Three big things about the Grizz, even though they're coming off a bye. Plenty out in front of Montana. That's next. Keep it right here. ESPN Radio. One, two, three. One is now on ESPN Radio. You know, now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Coulter Nuanes here on this Monday. Usually I try to come back with some, saying something funny. I got no jokes today. I'm still just swimming. Partially, I got I had to get Andrew and Jeff to come in on the mic because we did want to give you updates on Grizz soccer and Grizz hockey, certainly things that we've been talking about throughout the season, and we always like to keep you apprised of what's going on around the wide world of sports, both here in the city of Missoula as well as the state of Montana. But also, I just needed a couple seconds to chug an energy drink. <laughs> There's Here was my itinerary on Saturday night. So we get done uh, with the post-game stuff at, by like 11.30. Sacramento State, uh, they're just like not used to really having media cover their events so even though you know they've, they've definitely been a program on the rise there's you know three-time defending big sky champs and and all that stuff um I mean, there's really only like there's one reporter from the sack b joe davidson who covers sack state other than that they don't really get covered like they didn't have a post-game press conference there was no real ability to get post-game anything from sack state and so they were, were sitting there working in the press box and the, the facilities guys come in and they're like yeah guys we shut down at 11 30 and we're like well we just got here. <laughs> the game's only been over for like 45 minutes. They're like, yeah, sorry. It's procedure. We're like, okay, well, I guess we'll go somewhere else. So we went somewhere else. But I had a 5 a.m. flight, so I had to be at the airport by 3.30. So by the time we get done with the pictures and the photos and the video and you know the write-ups and all this stuff, well, it's like 2. So I'm like, okay, well, I guess you should just take me to the airport. So I get to the airport about 2.45. And I still have to finish up some stuff. So uh, I'm there, though. So I get done with my work at 3.30. 
And then I'm like, okay, that's cool. Uh, I'll go get my bag checked and stuff. Well, there's nobody at the airport yet. Nobody that's working is there. So I was like, okay, I'll take a little nap. So I take a little snooze on the bench there. And then I wake up and I'm surrounded by like 5,000 people. Everybody's there and they're already in line. And even though I was the first guy at the airport, now I'm the last guy in line. <laughs> I was like, awesome. This is cool. So I decided, you know what? I'm not checking the bag. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna let it fly. I'm just, the only reason I wanted to check it is because I had a bunch of cords and my tripod and stuff in there. So it's just a lot easier to to get it through to couple when you have multiple flights rather than lugging it all around. But I was like, I'm not waiting in this line. I I can't. I gotta go. So I go upstairs, get through security, lug in this bag around, whatever. And uh, so finally, whatever, get home. I, I didn't actually go to real sleep until I got back to my house about one o'clock. But then I was like, okay, I can only sleep like an hour because if I sleep, if I go to sleep right now, I'll just sleep until 9 p.m. and then I'll just be screwed up for the rest of the week. So I just got an hour in. I set the alarm so that I could go then bet the afternoon games. This is the level of degenerate we've become around here. And uh, got up and saw, anyways, like like one of my favorite coaches says, everybody's got problems and no one cares about yours. <laughs> just giving you the rundown of what it's like uh, covering these night games. No one is now ESPN Radio. Uh, Montana State, a 42-30 to 30 victory over Sac State. Uh, the Cats hold steady at number two in the polls. They are 4-0 in Big Sky Conference play. That's 12 straight Big Sky Conference victories for MSU. And they got another big-time one in Moscow. Thank goodness the kickoff is at 2 p.m., uh, on Saturday, not 8.30 p.m. This is going to be very good for my old man self. Uh, the Grizz, they won in a Big Sky After Dark game in Moscow two weeks ago, 23-21 over the Vandals. The Grizz are 3-1 and one in Big Sky play, 6-1 and one overall. This week, they're up to number 7 in the polls. They're coming off their bye week with a winless Northern Colorado team coming to town. Here's three big things about the Grizz coming into this Northern Colorado game. First of all, they got to keep the pass rush going. They had, depending on which statistical uh, sheet and what time you looked at it, the Grizz had either zero or one sacks the first three games of conference play total. Then they had six against Idaho, which is impressive, just an impressive number in general. But when you're talking about doing it against the most mobile uh, and elusive quarterback in the Big Sky Conference, and Giovanni McCoy, I guess one of, there's actually a lot of mobile and elusive quarterbacks, but Giovanni McCoy is definitely one of the best guys at keeping plays alive, and he's, he's hard to get to. So sacking him six times uh, is very impressive. Montana's going to have to keep doing that, though, for their uh, defense to continue to impact games in the fashion that they want it to. Here's Alex Gubner, senior uh, defensive lineman on maintaining the pass rush. And Alex, you guys had such a great pass rush against Idaho, like six sacks. How do you translate that forward? How do you sort of carry that momentum into this week? I mean, just same thing we've always been doing, just getting after it in practice, really working on our pass rush. And uh, we got a lot of good guys that, you know, fly around and want to make plays and our assignment sound. So just keep doing the same thing every week. Try to keep doing the same thing every week. It's pretty uh, straightforward. The Grizz also have made some pretty good and pretty big-time adjustments on both sides of the ball defensively and offensively on the fronts. First of all, the, fr- the offensive line the last couple weeks, they've been playing with a lot wider splits. I think part of that is because Clifton McDowell is a different style of quarterback. He can get loose in the pocket. He can roll out. And uh, I also think it's making them better in the run game. It also makes the offensive linemen more effective in this new screen game that has emerged over the last couple weeks. The Changes schematically that Montana's made to their offense have been a pleasant surprise. Certainly, uh, it's been maddening, to say the least, to to, um, see the lack of creativity by the Grizz offense 
for most of the 2022 season and early on in the 2023 season, but they've certainly made adjustments to cater to their personnel to get their playmakers like Keelan White and uh, Aaron Fonts and Junior Bergen, Eli Gilman, all those guys get the ball in space, and also to accentuate their offensive line strengths and mitigate their offensive line deficiencies. I think that's where the wide splits come from as well. It just helps those guys be more athletic, get out in space, and it spreads the defensive front out a little bit as well. Defensively, I think that they they definitely dialed back the pressure against UC Davis. That allowed them to run and tackle in open space. Then they dialed up the pressure against Idaho. Part of that's just because they have more guys back in the fold. Kale Edwards is, has been playing on a bum ankle for the last couple weeks, but he's back to being more healthy. That certainly helps on the defensive end spot. Riley Wilson has also battled multiple injuries. He had a head injury and a lower body injury, but he was back, and he had a sack and a half against Idaho as well. The inside linebackers are, are, are figuring out the blitz pressures a little bit better. You saw Tyler Flink have a sack against Idaho, and they're also bringing pressure from other spots as well. They ran that nickel blitz with Trajan Cotton a couple times against Idaho as well. That's the key. In this 3-3-5 defense, you got to erase the run and then light up the quarterback with your pass rush, and that pass rush almost certainly is going to come from the linebacker spots or even the defensive secondary. So those all those adjustments have certainly helped the Grizz play uh, a lot better on both sides of the ball, particularly up front. Here's Bobby Houck on his team's two fronts. And Bobby, what would you? How would you just evaluate the way uh, both your fronts are playing right now? I think we've made improvements. I think we're playing better. I mean, obviously, the guys that are here with me today have played well throughout, consistently. Um, but you know, the reason why Idaho couldn't run the ball, and I don't know, that kid, I think that kid was the leading rusher in the Big Sky. Was was Alex was dominant. You know, his position didn't show up on the stat sheet all the time, but he was dominant in that game and shutting down the run game. They just because of him and then the, the swarm around him, they, they couldn't run the ball. Absolutely, a key uh, for Montana has been Alex Gubner. I, I Coach Houck said it not a lot of times. Does he show up on the stat sheet? But he's certainly one of the best interior guys in the United States of America. That's huge for Montana. Third big thing about the Grizz. They just got to stay confident, maintain the momentum, and believe that they are the team that they've showed that they have they can be the last couple weeks. Here's Alex Gubner and senior center A.J. Forbes on uh, that dynamic, where they're at uh, with four games left in the season. I mean, it, it's cool to, to know that you're one of the top-ranked teams in the country. I don't know how much attention that we, we pay to that. Uh, at, at the University of Montana, we're lucky enough to be in the national spotlight quite often, so... I don't want to say we're we're used to it, but we're we're comfortable where where we, where we have attention on us, and so I don't know if we pay much attention to it, but it's cool. Uh, yeah, I mean, what uh, AJ said, same thing. I mean, we're the Montana Grizzlies, and we expect to win every week. You know, that's our goal, and you know, our last game was two weeks ago, and we're focused on Northern Colorado, just playing one week at a time. For both players and Alex, we can start with you. Just you guys, three wins in a row after the loss to NAU. Just what would you say is the biggest catalyst behind you guys bouncing back from that and getting the back-to-back road-ranked wins? Just what was the biggest turnaround for you guys that you were able to get back on track? Just uh, like what I said earlier, just understanding that this is a week-to-week deal and you got to take the bad from what happened. You know, that first loss, we made a lot of corrections and just focusing on this one week is everything for us. You know, we're not looking in the future down the road, a game in a month, anything like that. There you go. A couple of Grizz senior captains here on Nuanas. Now, it's Montana Football Hour, probably presented by Dazzler's Car Wash 
of Missoula. More college football talk throughout the week, but we'll transition. We'll talk a little bit of college football with Coach Marty, but we'll also talk all things NFL. Our one in the books, our two coming at you, the Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty. Next, keep it right here, ESPN Radio. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 